You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. I hope you all are well. So I have a great one for you this week. I sat down with Diesta Goldsmith, a vision of wellness, to talk about how she went from writing software for astronauts to being a bodybuilder and figure competitor to now being a menopause fitness coach. What I appreciate about Diesta and what drew me to her is that she's really fun and funny and a really positive force out here in the menopause space, which can trend pretty negative and is becoming increasingly combative. She's also very passionate about and on a mission to encourage more Black women and other women of color to join the conversation and to seek treatment for their symptoms, as well as to recognize their symptoms. Because research shows that Black women reach menopause earlier than white women and have worse symptoms such as hot flashes, depression, and sleep disturbances, but are less likely to receive hormone therapy as well as the medical and mental health services that can help them. So I called Diesta up and we got into all of it, her story, her mission, and her message. And I want to say that I also really appreciate her approach to positive aging. Now entering her early 60s, Diesta is pretty much on the other side, looking forward and putting her best days in front of her. She is positively and definitely infectious. And you can get a daily dose of her positivity at Vision Up Wellness on Instagram, where she does really funny reels, and learn more about her at her website, visionupwellness.com. I'll link that in the show notes. And just a note, we did record this one before I did my Ironman 70.3. So if you're thinking, didn't she already do that thing? I did. We were just talking about it before I actually did the thing. This show was slotted after the fact. All right. As always, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Feisty Menopause. Head on over to feistymenopause.com and sign up for my free weekly newsletter with all the menopause info you need to know. Join our Hip Play Not Pause Facebook group, or if you want to be part of our community where we meet three or four times a month with experts like you here on this show, check out the Level Up membership, and those details are at feistymenopause.com as well, and also in the show notes. All right, quickly before we get to it, many thanks to AminoCo for their continued support of the podcast. Their Perform Essential Amino Acids product has been a staple before and sometimes during my hard rides and workouts, and it leaves me feeling stronger and fresher for sure. So thanks, AminoCo, for your support. All right, enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. 
A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the Otter is stuffed with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter has taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, plus even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. All right, Diasta. I am very happy to have you on the show today. I, you know, I discovered your work on Instagram and you have such a really positive, often funny, you know, approach, which I really appreciate. Um, because even though this can be a really challenging time, I I find, you know, it can be a sea of negativity out there. And that I don't think that helps. You know, I mean, it doesn't yeah. always have to be all sunshine and roses, of course, but right. having having that positive energy and, and humor, I think just really, really helps. So I appreciate what you're doing in this space. Thank you. I my you know, my goal is just to really encourage menopausal, postmenopausal women just to know that 
you know, they're just turning the corner. This may be just a bump in a road for them, but you know, the, the, the life that they live, they just need to live it to the best. And um, I'm always passionate, especially about African-American women Mm. who, you know, really struggle. uh, And my passion is really to educate and then just love all my sisters, no matter if they're black, white, green, Asian, you know, we all go through menopause. And so it's just a common thing that I just love talking about. And because I had such a hard time myself and didn't have support, I'm like, I need to do something about this. I need to, you know, know, talk about the things that concern me and then just try to be funny. I think I'm funny. Now my husband's like, (laughs) my husband's like, don't quit your day job because that was (laughs) a weak joke. But I, I like being funny. I love humor. And um, so I try to bring all that into my space. Excellent. Well, I definitely want to talk about that, you know, the work that you're doing, especially like how black women experience menopause differently, because that's that's been well established at this point. But I want to like get to know you a little bit more first. Like, I understand that you have a history in aerospace and that's interesting to me. So what did you do in the aerospace industry? Um, I uh, got a degree in computer science and then I got hired by the Boeing company. I'll just say it. And I was involved in space shuttle launches. And I, that was so thrilling. I mean, I never thought this little girl from Des Moines, Washington, where I grew up would just be involved in space travel and, you know, seeing the shuttle go off down at Cape Canaveral. That was exciting for me. Uh, loved doing that. I uh, worked in the industry for 14 years, Wow. had two kids, stayed home for a while. We'll talk about that. And then I eventually went back to, uh, you know, aerospace and uh, that towards the end of my uh, working career. <laughs> So wow. yeah, that's very cool. It I mean, was that's... so exciting to know that I wrote software that the astronauts were using. I felt like such a geek, but I loved it. I was like all in, you know, it was so exciting. Love being a part of that uh, in my career. That's awesome. That is very, Thank very you. cool. Yes. Um, you also on in your spare time looked like you were a bodybuilder or a figure competitor. Like when did yes. that come about? Uh, I, um, you know, I, I was, uh, when I stayed home with my kids, I was already teaching group exercise. So, uh, that became where I was in the gym more, became a coordinator. Then I had a manager and she was a natural bodybuilder. And I looked at her and I was like, you look amazing. And she was like, you know, your body, uh, you know, your your proportions of your body, you could do this, you know? And I was like, really? Uh, And I just want to give a little backstory here. I uh, was a cheerleader in high school, went to college, uh, was a cheerleader in college. And that's when I started really hearing, Desta, you need to lose 10 pounds. You're the, you know, you're good, but you're heavy. You know, now Mm -hmm. they wouldn't tell you that because Mm -hmm. somebody could get sued. But uh, I went to school in the South and uh, being a cheerleader in the South is like being on an Olympic squad. It's a big deal being a cheerleader in the squad in the South. Up in the North at that time, it wasn't that big of a deal. I was from Washington. But when I went to school in Oklahoma, being a cheerleader was like, I mean, these girls walked around campus like they owned it. And so I started hearing, you know, you're overweight, you need to lose weight, you know, you're, t- you know, you're, you're the heaviest on the squad. And um, that's kind of when I started having kind of more body image, mm. you know, uh, you know, okay, I need to lose weight and, and everything. And 
So uh, when I went into, you know, aerobics and everything, I taught at an all women's health club and it was great. And then when I went to 24 hour fitness, I felt a little bit more of the pressure to be fit, but going to, into bodybuilding, it was like my time to like say, you know, you thought I was overweight, but look at me now, sister, <laughs> you know, it was more to, you know, prove to myself that I could get to this you know, a uh, body that was, had muscle on it, that had, you know, a butt that was high and not below my knees <laughs> and, you know, all this, uh, you know, to get into that bodybuilding uh, era was kind of a, you know, a, um, just a body image kind of thing, kind of underneath it all. So I was challenged by, you know, the, the physical aspects of it, but I was challenged more by the mental aspects of, you know, really, you know, having my nutrition dialed in, you know, exercising, you know, hiring a, a, a personal trainer and, you know, really changing my body to see where it could go. So uh, I really enjoyed th that part of it, uh, you know, seeing how fit I could get uh, and, and enjoyed competing. I competed three times and uh, it was a, um, a really good, amazing uh triumphant kind of thing to get on stage and to win, you know, at 43 mm. with two kids going through perimenopause, having hot flashes and all of that. It was a real journey for me. Wow. That's okay. I, I have a couple. <laughs> so I have a couple questions about that. Like I can a hundred percent understand like, how, like the, the empowerment and like, you know, putting in the work and seeing the results. Yes. Was there any negative aspect of it for your mental self? That is a great question, Celine. Um, uh, yes, I, you know, you know, getting on stage is empowering and, you know, competing against someone else. But but then it started to be, why am I doing this? You know, what is the real reason that I'm, you know, doing these competitions? And and uh, then the the mental aspect of it is kind of draining, right? After a while, you know, the food and having to be so dialed in with your nutrition is mentally taxing. But I just want to say this to, you know, all these, you know, all the competitors that listen to your show and all the athletes, you know, it was the body I wanted, but it wasn't the body I needed, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I needed a body that, I could maintain that, you know, was balanced, that could, you know, that I wouldn't have to be so strict, that I couldn't just enjoy like food that I wanted to eat and always feeling like I fell off the wagon when there really is no wagon to fall off of. So uh, after a while, I, I just realized that I felt like I wasn't doing it for the right reasons anymore. Yeah, you're living for it, not through it. Yes. And I think, you know, I see you, I know you're getting back in the pool. You're, you know, you're uh, doing your triathlons and there's got to be a certain amount of uh, passion and love for it, for you to start swimming again. Like I saw on your journey, you know, I'm getting back in the pool. What really, what keeps you going, Celine, on those days where you don't feel like, you know, I want to do this. I don't feel like doing this today. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am, um... A friend of mine once wrote something about me that is that is so accurate and I never thought of it. He's like, most people uh, exercise, you know, to for their health or to feel better or whatever. And he said, it seems to be the state that 
I, my most natural state of being is being emotion. And that was like, that is the most accurate thing. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like that's just where I feel most myself when I'm in motion, but I started Mm -hmm. to feel pretty one dimensional, just being on my bike all the time. Mm -hmm. And I missed like how good I feel when I am uh, more balanced uh, athletically. So I just, I signed up for a half. I would never do for what you're saying. Like I would never do a full Ironman again because it was a full-time job. Like it, it taxed everything. It taxed my work. It taxed my relationships. It, was yes I, I it it was way 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 it was not I, I'm glad I did it and it, I got right. a lot out of it it was a, right very important on my journey but it it I am not interested in being all consumed and this just skirts that like I don't I will not ever do a 70.3 again because it's wow. a little too close to that for me I'm glad I'm going back mm-hmm. because you know I talked to a lot of triathletes and I want to I felt like it was important for my authenticity to be honest with you Diesta like mm-hmm. because I I talk so much about training at this time and I'm like well you haven't done a triathlon since you did Kona in 2008 perhaps you should like do one again you know I've done a bunch of races and mountain you know other things but I haven't done a triathlon so I'm really glad I did because it's yeah it really informs me talking to my audience like I, like the the way that my coach and I'm going to have her on at some point train me was different than I might've trained, you know, when I was 39 as opposed to 54. Yes. Yes. You are not 54. I am. No. I am. Girl. My birthday was February 21st. I am. Yes, I am 100% on. Show me your driver's license, man. Uh, you do not look 54. And, 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 and what I'm like, I'm hearing you, like, you know, you just have that intensity where you you're finding what you love and you're, lo- and you're doing what feels good to your body. And I think I, I want to say this because, um, you know, when you're training, it takes grit. It takes like, I'm going to push through this, you know, and, but I've come up with an acrostic for grit and I want to share it with your audience. For me, grit stands for G stands for grace, you know, giving yourself that self-compassion, you know, that grace. Okay. Maybe I didn't do everything right today. You know, uh, self-compassion. How would you talk to your best friend if they had a bad day? You know, you talk to yourself that way. And the R stands for just renewing your mind to, you know, positive thoughts, what you really, you know, uh, you know, what, what you want to do, you know, being consistent, you know, and, 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 you know, I, I, I work with women now that are postmenopausal. So, you know, renewing your mind, just saying things like I have a great metabolism, you know, I, I really enjoy working out. And then um, the I stands for identify, identify those triggers that are like stopping you, those triggers that trip you up and those triggers that, you know, uh, keep you from, you know, what you really want. And then the T stands for train, train, train in your truth though, because I, after three, I wasn't training in my truth. You know, what did mm. I really want? And, you know, what did, you know, hiring a, you know, uh, uh, a, um, a coach and everything, you know, why was I spending the money? Because everybody kept saying, when's your next one? When's okay. your, girl, you everybody look gets into that trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl, you look great. When's your next one? And I, you know, I just have to admit that having a size to, you know, uh, figure and being able to go to Nordstrom's and fit in the size zero. I mean, that was, that was awesome, but that wasn't really the, the body that I needed. I needed a body that was balanced, 
that that would still be strong, but a balance that, you know, I could maintain and that I can enjoy. And I didn't have that balance uh, during those bodybuilding years. So I I would if I would have practiced grit earlier, I think I would have found more joy in what I was doing. But after a while, it was just a routine and why am I doing this? It's taking me away from my kids. I'm always at the gym. I got to do all this cardio. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. And so, uh, you know, while winning was wonderful and competing, I felt strong. It came to an end for me. And and I'm so glad for that chapter in my life. You know, it was, yeah. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think yes. that there's, there's a lot to be gained for aiming for goals that have ends, right? Yes. You yes. know, like, it, be, because a, a lot of that isn't sustainable, you know, like, like yes. I was talking about the Iron Man thing. For me, it was that it's not sustainable and was not necessarily healthy, you know, like, right. so yes. I, I am in a, in a better place and, and that's okay. We evolve, you know, we evolve as yes. people. I think that's a really healthy, really healthy mindset. Um, yeah. And, and I have such an appreciation for people who do, you know, compete and for athletes, it changed my mindset into a, an athlete, you know, before I just kind of felt like I know I was an aerobics instructor and right. all that kind of stuff, but it changed my mentality to, to be an athlete. And now, you know, when I go to the gym, I have more of an athletic mindset, you know, I need to do plyos. I need to, you know, resistance train. I need to, you know, have cardio, but just do it and enjoy it put my jams on, get in my space and just enjoy my body. And I always want to say that exercise is a celebration that your body can move. It's not punishment for what you ate. And so if you just enjoy that your body can move, I mean, thank God I'm not in a wheelchair. I can get up, I can walk, I can dance, I can do all these things. And so I just always try to make myself that mindset. Exercise is a celebration, Diesta. It's not like you have to go to the gym and you have to, you get to move your body today. So I try to have that, that mindset, um, when I now in my later years. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, speaking of like yours, you're 61, correct? Cause I, yes, we, 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 you, yeah, that, that blew a lot of people's minds. Cause we reposted one of your Instagram posts and people were like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you seem to have a really good um, philosophy of all of this. So of like of aging and, and, you know, yes. your mindset is very, Thank very you. positive with that. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, menopause can be where some women feel like I, I had a lady who was telling me, she goes, I'm going to be so sad when menopause comes because it means I can't have, you know, kids anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a, a close, it was kind of a closure for mm. her, you know? Uh, and so I just think that you have to really, you know, embrace the change and, you know, um, I, I think there's really five, five, um, building blocks to having a, a healthy menopause. And, you know, one of them is like, just, you know, this, these are my five. Mm-hmm. One is good nutrition, right? A balanced nutrition, high protein, and, you know, uh, you know, getting your grams in as, you know, so you can maintain and still build muscle. And then, um, then for me, the next one is, you know, resistance training is so important as we get older. 
uh, you know, and my body at 61, I still see the benefits of that training that I did at 43. You know, I still see it in my body. I still see it, uh, you know, uh, in my, in my, the formation of my body and my muscles. So I was so happy for that. So it's long. If you keep up with it, man, resistance training is amazing. And then the next one for me is um, sleep, sleep quality. Because girlfriend, if you are not getting your sleep, you are a hot mess, right? Just emotionally, you know, mentally. I, I have this girlfriend, she always says, you know, I don't need, I don't need seven to eight hours of sleep. You know, I only need like six. But then I want to say to her, but you're always cussing people out. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't really know how well six hours is working for you. So it's like good nutrition, resistance training. That's two. Three is sleep uh, quality. Four is stress management, managing your stress, you know. And then five is just to, you know, get your menopause symptoms under control, your hot flashes mm-hmm. and everything else. I think if you have those five, menopause is going to be, you know, uh, manageable and it's going to be, you know, a good transition for you. And just, you're going to be ramping up your self-care. That's what menopause was for me. Um, when did you go you- through? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Um, no, I was just what, like, you're talking about, you know, the transition. I'm wondering, like, you ta- you you sounded like you started to go in it when you were still in that in the bodybuilding, uh, yes. like maybe in your earlier forties. Like, what was your transition like? Uh, my tra- my transition, I thought, was very it was very rough, and that was one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about talking about menopause. But it was like 42. I started having hot flashes, and then I was on, you know, when you're doing a bodybuilding competition, I was on fat burners. I was mm. on you know, um, things to, to speed up your metabolism, which didn't help because it just made my hot flashes worse. So I stopped coffee and that helped for a little bit, but then they just came back, you know, with a fury. Uh, That's the right word. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They were ferocious. (laughs) They came back and, uh, and I was still competing and just, I went to, um, this uh, girls night out is called Bunko where you, it's a dice mm. game. And I was consistently like just fanning myself the whole time. And one of the girls said, Diesta, she goes, ain't there drugs for that? And I was like, what? Didn't know anything that I, that there was, you know, hormone. anything I could take. Yeah. That there was, there was hormone therapy. So uh, thank goodness I had a doctor who had, um, she was my OBGYN, you know, she she delivered my, my son. And so I had a great relationship with her, which I don't think a lot of menopausal women have good relationships with their doctor. So I was able to tell her what I was going through. And so she put me on print pro now Mm. that I, it was, it's not a bioidentical, um, you know, hormone therapy. Now I found out that it came from horse urine, right? (laughs) It's like, that's why I gallop now. (laughs) I don't seem to walk anywhere. I just gallop gross. Uh, but it had the estrogen and the micronized progesterone in it. And it had a little bit of testosterone changed my life. I felt so much better and I could cope and I was a better mother. I was a better wife. I was a better everything, better coworker, uh, because I finally got the help that I needed. And I I'm rambling a little bit, but I want to just share that I would, you know, be at work talking to someone and I'd feel a hot flash come on. And then I'd be drenched on my face, you know, and I would be embarrassed. And the guys at my job got me a fan. They felt so bad <laughs> for me. 
You're like one of those, whenever I look at like Getty images for like menopause, yeah. it's women with fans. That's all you find, right? Like we're yes. all women with fans. Yes. Um, and I was constantly, I'd be peeling off my layers, putting them back on. And they just saw me firsthand what I was going through. So um, I was, you know, thankful for, these were guys went and bought me a fan. And so I was just thankful for them. But, you know, women don't have to suffer uh, and and now that I know so much from following you and, you know, following feisty menopause and seeing all the herbal treatments that mm. you can do, I tried some herbs, some not some herbs over the counter. I can't remember uh, what it was called. Estravan was the name of it. OK, got this big bottle from Costco because my girlfriend said, girl, help me. You know, I take that Estravan, girl. I'm good. Didn't do a thing for me. So, you know, my symptoms were way too, uh, too strong to be able to just do an herb, you know, yeah. maybe if I would have had more patience, I could have put my own kind of herb cocktail together, but that I, takes a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's unnecessary. I mean, are you still yeah. on hormones or did you? No, I'm not. I, I stopped. My doctor wanted me to stop like a year after menopause was over. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, you know, look at your symptoms. But if they, they're starting to subside, she goes, I would only, you know, I'd like for you to to get off of them. So I, maybe I was on for four to five years. Um, so and did your symptoms come back? Um, yes, but not, not where I couldn't manage them myself. I was 48 when I went through, when it was a whole year. So by 49, I was off of, um, any kind of hormone therapy. Huh. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's interesting. It, it, it's, it's a very individual as you, you probably, if you follow this space, yes, you see people arguing constantly, right? Like yes. you, you, you can be on, I mean, and, and the guidelines pretty much say like, there's no you don't need to go off them if you, you know, if you're feeling good and everything is fine, but it's such an individual thing. And I just appreciate you sharing your story because I, I think some women think like it's this all or nothing thing. And I don't think it needs to be an all or nothing thing. Yeah, I, I don't either. Especially if it, if your quality of life is suffering, that's what I always want to say. If your quality of life, then you got to do something about it. You just can't you know, get up and change the sheets and change your clothes. Totally. Yeah, I was doing that and just drenched. And I was just like, you know, I, I, I wasn't myself because I wasn't getting my rest. And so all those things are so important. And why suffer when you don't need to, you know? And it um, also raises your risk for other diseases. Yes. Like w w women who have severe symptoms, there's a link between like cardiovascular disease and, you know, it, they don't really understand the mechanism yet. They don't. Not having sleep, you know, I think that's a really big one. I think that's that underrated. Like if you, huge. if you can sleep, your health is better, period. You yes. know, that is. Yes. Better heart health, better yeah. metabolism, better, better brain, brain health, better brain health, emotional wellness, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, and when we get into that deep sleep and we have those dreams, you know, I, I read this book called Why We Sleep um, mm -hmm. and it's a great book. Matthew it, Walker. Yes, he gets real technical, but that book changed my life because I'm like, I am not messing around with my sleep anymore. <laughs> I am getting myself to bed because it'll help you live longer, look better. It's 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 everything. So um, I I I'm really passionate about just teaching those different things to women that come across me, you know, that I work with. Yep. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. 
They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tofosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like Feisty Menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot, and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos, and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. And I'm I'm curious to to circle back to the you know you talked about how Black women experience menopause differently yeah. and you know we know like they start earlier they have worse symptoms you know it lasts longer all of it and right a lot of that I think is uh, cultural and stress and you know all those things that can make the experience worse I'm I'm curious did you talk about it with your mother like what are your thoughts on helping Black women have a better menopause experience. Oh, thank you for asking that. Um, I I think one is, you know, um, one is the culture that, you, you know, you should just power through it. Uh, mm. Two, my mother never talked to me about menopause until I finally mentioned to her that I, you know, had got, I, you know, I got on uh, estrogen and, you know, mm. and she said, oh, I had such a terrible time going through menopause and I wanted, you didn't say anything. You know, so for some reason, her culture just didn't talk to the younger generation about menopause. And she said that she got on estrogen and it just made it worse. So hmm. whatever, you know, the doctor put her on wasn't good for her, but she didn't go back. You, you know, can, you have to dial it in sometimes, yes. right? It can take months actually yes. to make. Yeah. Yeah. And so she didn't go back and she just had a terrible time going through it. And so I just think that, you know, the, you know, it doesn't have to be your mother's menopause. So, you know, just, you know, being educated and saying, hey, you know, I'm having these symptoms. But a lot of times women don't know what their symptoms are. Yeah. 
right? You know, they just know that they're angrier, you know, or they're, you know, anxiety. Yes. Anxiety. And why do I feel depressed? And, you know, I'm itching all the time and all the 37 or 43 different (laughs) symptoms that women can have is crazy, you know? Um, And I really think that one of rage is one, you know, because if you're a black woman, if you're a single black Mm -hmm. woman and you have kids and you're the head of your house and you're raising kids by yourself and your stress is off the charts and, you know, those things, you know, you might not even recognize that you're going through menopause because your life is so, you know, you have so many things that you're dealing with now. So I I just wanted to speak to, you know, just, you know, knowing, getting educated about menopause and just realizing that 52 is the normal age, 51, 52, but I was 47, 48, you know, so that's almost three years earlier for me. Uh, I think a lot of women, they suffer from vaginal dryness. I think I heard 80% of women start to suffer from vaginal dryness. So, you know, don't wait till your, <laughs> don't wait till your stuff is like cracker juice before you start <laughs> doing something, right? If it's painful, you know, yeah. Then yeah. that could be an indication that, hey, you know, uh, you know, I'm starting to, you know, have these symptoms and I need to do something about it. And I and um, thank goodness my doctor gave me some estradiol, which is some, you know, estrogen cream for vaginal dryness. And that really helped me as well. But I felt, you know, comfortable enough to say something. And so uh, that's the other thing. Just, you know, be an advocate for yourself when you go to your doctor, say, hey, look, I need to be treated for this. Don't let them, you know you know, just look past you. And I think women in general, you know, I've seen statistics, women in general, if we go in and say we are having heart issues, you know, we're not taken as seriously as men. I've done shows on that. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I know you have. Martha Gulati, Dr. Gulati said the only thing women do uh, better in the medical system with heart health is die than men. I mean, that is, she's just like, like, she's like, it's just a fact. They get less yeah. preventative care they get less urgent care they get they have yes. worse outcomes from surgery it was really infuriating and i've seen that i've talked about this a million times in my own family how my mother had all the symptoms i had her go to the doctor and they put her on nerve pills i had assumed wow that, yes i had assumed that they did a stress test and all that stuff i should have i should have probed more she ended up having a massive heart attack almost killed her oh. Um, and she is fine now but yeah i mean like shoulder radiating pain anxiety all the things and the woman, like, she she doesn't eat a vegetable. She never has. She used to smoke. She's is a sedentary, is a potted fern. I'm like, how can you not check this woman's heart? How can oh you not? How can you put her on nerve pills? I'm still, every time oh. I talk, I get so mad. I bet. But, yeah. Yes, it's infuriating. Yeah. I'm just, like, yes. unbelievable. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, but, you know, I, I think, you know, talking about the, the Black women experience, there's also this you know, in the literature and, and historically black women have been treated really poorly in the medical right. system, you know, yes. so I think oh and black people in general. Right. So I think there's a distrust there that probably yes. still lingers. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And I, I listened to a podcast um, about uh, one in three women over 60 don't have a uterus anymore. And I have my own um, Facebook group uh, on menopause and I asked them there. And there are so many of them that had their whole uterus taken out. And I heard in the South, it's even worse about women, black women having Mm. their uterus removed. Uh, And it's very interesting. I heard uh, a doctor saying that when she 
she's a OBGYN. She said when she first got into practice, she was doing like 60, you know, um, full hysterectomies a year. Then she started treating the whole woman and she said it got down to like two a year. Wow. And so, so, so for some reason she'd say, okay, okay, this is what I'm going to prescribe for you. Two week vacation, go. <laughs> right. Here, I'm going to prescribe this. And it would be stress management, mm. you know, quality management. Right. Uh, you know, and women would go in there and, and she would treat them and they wouldn't they would stop having all these, you know, crazy periods. And, and I, you know, I had friends that they were just on their period all month long, pretty much. And and that's hard to live that way. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally, you know, I think that um, and then some of the women that I talked to, they couldn't they didn't even get any kind of hormone replacement therapy once they had a hysterectomy. They were just left to suffer. You know, and, and then some of the women are like, I don't know if I have my ovaries. I, you know, I think I had a, they didn't even know if they had their ovaries or if the whole thing was taken out. So I just think that, edu you know, that black uh, women and then women of color that, uh, you know, we don't get the attention that we need, like you said, and it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's sad, but we can change it. We can change the script if we become our own advocates, you know, I'm about to get emotional and mad about it, but you know, and, and then the other thing, you know, my other passion is that. Oh, it's okay. My, my other passion is that, you know, women of color, you know, we don't, we don't take care of ourselves like we should, you know, a lot of us don't, you know, we don't exercise, we don't eat well. And culturally, you know, we might be eating fried chicken and macaroni and cheese and greens and cornbread. And we just don't, you know, see it as a priority that our health is more important than getting our nails done. Our health is more important than getting a new hair weave. You know, our health is, you know, is more important than, you know, maybe having that new car that you want to ride in or that new outfit, you know, buying a gym membership or buying some tennis shoes and going for a walk is just, it's more important than those, than those things. And so, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that I think that, Women of color can change. They can change the the script on their health. So we aren't at the bottom of, you know, mm -hmm. having the 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 most heart attacks. And so we aren't at the highest rate of having, you know, endometrial cancer and breast cancer. I saw that uh 40% of African that African Americans have a 40% greater chance of breast cancer. Yep. That stuff that just ticks me off. Because we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be, that shouldn't be our story. You know, it's two, it's 2023. You know, I understand we, we, we don't have the same access to healthcare sometimes. And so that's why we definitely have to just be passionate about our own health and say, you know what? I want to live long. I want to have, I want to be here for my grandkids. I don't want to be on high blood pressure medication and, and, um, sugar diabetes, diabetes you know, if I don't have to be, if I don't have to be right. So. No, thank yeah. I mean, thank you. It, I, I cry all the time on the show, so <laughs> I don't, don't, um, yeah, your, your passion for that really comes through and, yeah. and, and you're doing, you know, I believe in the power of one. And, and I think yeah. that, you know, you advocating so strongly is going to change somebody and then that person can change somebody and, and right. show the way, uh, you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of, it's interesting. There's a lot of, 
subtle hidden barriers you know i mean i i, I worked in cycling for so much and yes. you know it would always be like oh you know black people don't ride bikes you'd hear all these things right, right. And, like, and we like, don't swim you know <laughs> yeah all this stuff i'm like really you know i don't but but then you look at like well just very simple things like they can't find a helmet necessarily that fits over their hair you know i mean like like I'm like, okay, well, can we, can we fix like, okay, industry, yes. can we address this? You know, there's, right. there's a lot of barriers that um, just go completely unnoticed in the white population or the people who are like making equipment or, you know, do there's It's very social culturally complex. So I think yes, that the more of it these conversations complex. that we have, like the better that we can make it for everybody. Yes. And, and, you know, I know that like if, if people are living in an area where they don't feel like it's safe to go walking right. outside, I understand that, you know, uh, you know, maybe their budget is so small or, or, you know, their budget is tight that they really can't afford a $19 gym membership or they don't have a car to get there or, you know, there's other things. Um, I did see this one lady who was like in her 80s. She was on the Steve Harvey show. And she walked in her apartment an hour a day and lost like 50 pounds. It was crazy. Wow. Black woman was determined to get the weight off. And a lot of times we don't do anything until we have a medical emergency. And then we're like, oh, I guess I need to do something about my health, you know, and we don't want to wait for that because yeah. it'll, it'll be harder. And, you know, it's the it's either the pain of the surgery or the pain of, you know, going through open heart surgery or the small pain to make yourself get out and exercise every day. I would choose that. I would choose the the little, you know, OK, I don't feel like doing this, you know, but I'm going to do it anyway, as opposed to going through major surgery, uh, you know, sixty thousand dollar hospital bill, all that thing, you know, the things that you can do today to prevent. Uh, you know, uh, uh, medical issues later on in life. It's totally worth it. Totally worth it. I agree wholeheartedly. I would like to say that my mother had a transformation <laughs> after her surgery, but um, I, I feel like I, I'm not trying to bet. My mother is a lovely, wonderful woman in many, yeah, many I, ways, yes, but, I but, but I can't get like, she just won't. Uh, she, we're very opposite in that respect. Uh -huh. She doesn't like to to move much and she still won't eat a vegetable but anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, but she she just likes what she likes right yeah yeah, she's, yeah she is the epitome of like i am i am what i am and so uh, why so if your mom wasn't really athletic how did you become athletic my so my dad is definitely dad. more my dad's definitely more athletic mm -hmm. um just yeah he was he was actually a bodybuilder in his was he really yeah cool yeah. wow yeah so that's awesome yeah he he was always into resistance training so very cool very cool saw that yeah and my kids my my kids are my husband's a former football uh pro athlete up in canada so you know as my son said to me you know i'm so thankful that i would see you guys going to the gym and working out all the time because it impacts him. My daughter loves to hike. And so just your lifestyle just speaks volumes to your kids. And uh, I think it's so yeah. important. I just want to say one more thing about, you know, uh, women going through menopause is to make sure you can talk to your relatives about what they went through. If your mother's not living, you know, talk to your sister, you know, and, and just kind of see what people 
uh, in your family went through because it kind of will help you know what's ahead. Mm. And, you know, menopause is just like puberty in reverse. Your body just has its own path. And so uh, you just really have to get in front of it and manage those symptoms and you can have a, a happy menopause, you know, and it's just turning the corner, turning the corner to the uh, the rest of a great life uh, that's in store for you. I know it. I know it is. Well, that's a great place to, to wrap it up. Is there is yes. there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to make sure that we did? I, I feel like we covered a lot of. We like, did. Uh, I, you know, I, I think I've said everything. Be your own advocate and, you know, just know that you're worth it. You're worth the investment in yourself, you know, whether it's, you know, paying to have to go to a doctor or, you know, uh, paying if you have to pay to, you know, um, get your gym membership or, you know, stop getting this done so you can get a gym membership and you're worth the investment in yourself. And so that's why I would just say, you know, vision up, vision up is my thing. You know, the the best is yet to come. And, and uh, if you take care of yourself, you're going to have a great life. Well, that's our show. Come on back next week when I sit down with Amanda Thebe, author of Menopocalypse, How I Learned to Thrive During Menopause, and How You Can Too. I had Amanda on the show shortly after launching it in the fall of 2020, and that was right about when her book came out. And, well, a whole lot has happened in this menopause space since then, so I thought it would be really fun to bring her back and to talk about what we've learned and where we think all this is going And it did not disappoint. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause. And please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay feisty. Feisty.